Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. This is the Action Network Podcast. You can hear the chatter from the crowd. We have a big chance, a big chance to make a run for some big bucks. Three-pointer, bang! Oh, what a man! Welcome to the Action Network Podcast, Buckets Edition, brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. My name is Matt Moore. I'm the senior NBA writer for the Action Network. I'm joined by the one and only NBA Futures Analyst, Brandon Anderson. You know him well from this feed where he covers the NFL all throughout the season. And we're going to give you a big rundown for the NBA playoffs opening weekend. We're going to cover series. We're going to cover futures bets. We're going to cover all of that and more. If you want to hear more about the NBA playoffs, make sure to check out Buckets. We've got podcasts five days a week. Did all throughout the regular season, so you know we're doing it for the playoffs. We have best bets on the daily for all of the games. Get you set with 24 hours in advance so you can evaluate those lines, not just sides and totals. We do props. We do angles. We do futures. We do all of it. Make sure to check it out over on the Buckets feed. It's been absolutely killer this season. Read the reviews. I promise you will love Buckets. But on today's show, we'll start, Brandon. I'll let you take the reins on this one, and I appreciate you putting this together with a little format here. We're going to start with Cavs-Knicks. It's one of the absolute, like, most captivating series, the 4-5 in the Eastern Conference. The Cavaliers favored in this series, but there's been a lot of movement in the market, I believe, on the Knicks. It's a very popular pick. I'm curious to know what your thoughts are on it. What's your best bet for Cavs-Knicks? I am taking the Knicks here, but I'm going to take them against the spread in the series. So give me Knicks plus one and a half. Laying a little bit of juice here. I think this series goes long. I The, the Knicks are a flawed team. You're going to tell me exactly just how flawed they are, I'm sure. So I won't make that case for them. I think both of these teams are flawed. The Cavs are a young team. They haven't been here before. They lost out of the play-in last year. They lack depth. They beat up on a lot of bad teams this season. So I'm all about the net ratings and the SRSs and all the advanced metrics, but this season, the Cavs had 16 wins by 16 or more points. Only three of those were against a team that finishes a top seven seed in either conference, all three of which were basically like resting the whole team. So that's great. It's important to win those games. We always talk about in the regular season, you got to win those games. And they blew teams out. Outside of those games, though, they were very average. They're 29 and four against sub 500 teams. That is pristine. They're 21 and 26 against teams above 500. 19 and 22 on the road. If you look at just games 
when was it a close game, single digit game outcome, either way, the top three in the East, Philly, Boston, Milwaukee, 82 and 40 in those games. So even when it was a close-ish game, they still got the job done. Cleveland was 18 and 20, just a very average sort of team. I think this is a Spider-Man meme series, right? I think these are both flawed teams. You can't just out-rebound and out-effort and out-bench in the playoffs. You're going to tell me that about the Knicks. It's true. I just think it's true about the Cavaliers, too. And as much as we look at New York and say, it's, it's Tibbs, it's Tibbs, we know how this goes, I think the Cavs might actually be the Tibbs caricature. The defense, the effort, the maxed-out profile. I think it's Cleveland. I'm not going all in on New York to win the series. I do think it goes long. Give me the Knicks plus one and a half. Very rare. Honestly, because uh, your record is is very good on futures, and it's very rare. Like usually, I, I'm on this pod. I'm I'm pretty like well, I can see why you get there. I don't agree. I, you're way off here. How are you on the the Knicks here? <laughs> How are you on the Knicks? Starting off, like let's do like basically straight up numbers. When the Knicks, I'm sorry. When Tom Thibodeau's teams have been a dog in the playoffs, six and twenty two straight up. Six and twenty two. Uh, you're also not giving the Cavs enough credit here. So pull these numbers up while you were talking this season, when the Cavaliers are favored versus teams over 500, you talked about like, well, they just beat up on the bad teams, 23 and nine straight up versus teams that are over 500 uh, when they are favored. That's since 2000, that's in the last two seasons. Uh, also, when we look at, at these kind of numbers and, and how they've, they've gone, because quite honestly, there hasn't been a lot of those in the last couple of years for the Cavs. It's been like a recent development for them this season, by the way, that's, I'm sorry, that's 16 and six this season uh that was since 2020-21 this season 16 and 6 73% straight up versus teams over 500 13 and 9 against the spread they don't just win they cover brandon they cover <laughs> those games too uh this season when they're favored versus teams with a 60% winning percentage or better 5 and 2 4 and 3 straight up like the the cavs are good versus everybody the srs really favors the cavaliers and i understand why you're like, well, they beat up on the bad teams. But the problem is like SRS factors in strength of schedule. That that's factored in and the Cavs still come out really well on these, all these metrics. Um, yeah. They are a much better team. Second, you go back to the regular season series where the Knicks won. They won with the bench. You mentioned that. Well, they're a much deeper team. That matters if there's injuries. If there's injuries, I'm going to agree with you. If Jared Allen's groin acts up, I'm going to have to go ahead and hedge out and bet the Knicks. If uh, Isaac Okoro gets hurt, I'm going to have to hedge out and bet the Knicks. D Donovan Mitchell. Darius, maybe not Darius Garland. He's awesome, but they can get by without him. Evan Mobley, same kind of deal. But if the Cavs are healthy, their starters dominated this matchup. Dominated. The Knicks starters got destroyed. Is Obi Toppin playing 45 minutes? Because that's how they, it's Obi Toppin and Isaiah Hartenstein that won them the regular season series. Are those guys playing 45 minutes? If they are, then sure, I'll bet the Knicks, but they're not going to play. They're not going to play that, that much. Uh, I don't trust Tibbs. Bickerstaff may not be as good of a coach. Cavs fans have a lot of questions. I think JB is going to do just fine. Uh, my best bet for this series is absolutely Cavaliers minus one and a half. You can get that FanDuel at a plus number. For them to win in six or fewer is plus 104. The last time we saw this New York Knicks team, and I know Jalen Brunson's there now. That does change things. But the last time that we saw this New York Knicks team in the playoffs, it was a sad tr trombone, wah, 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 including Julius Randle, who shot 42% from three in the regular season series versus the Cavs when he shot 33% from, from three during the regular season. Outlier games. This is a like the Cavs are going to dominate this matchup. They're a much better team. 
I like Cavs in five or less. I'll lay the minus one and a half plus one Oh four response. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're head to head on it. I, I, I don't disagree with a lot of that. Your numbers are very good there. The Cavs are a very good team. The, I don't think the last Knicks team is super relevant here. That was a totally different profile team. I know it seems very similar, but you look at the, the ratings offensively, the Knicks are a top three offense in the NBA. I don't know how, I don't understand it, but the numbers are the numbers. They are what they are. Last time the Knicks were here, it's because the defense was super elite, but suspicious, but the offense was not good. That's the Tib profile. That's how these teams do. This is a different version of that team since December 4th, when the Knicks finally got rid of Fournier and Rose and all the guys and settled on the right rotation. They're 37 20, top 10 on defense, top three on offense, only four double digit losses. I don't know if the Knicks will win the series. I don't. Maybe they won't. Maybe the Cavs win. Maybe they win still somewhat comfortably. Only four double digit losses means I think we're just going to get a lot of close games, a lot of tight games. To me, I'm betting on variance. I'm betting on close games, unreliable teams, variance. And here's the one thing I'm betting on, but it might be the flaw in the ointment for me. Knicks plus one and a half says we can't get to game six and the Cavs come to Madison Square Garden and end the season for New York. Well, Donovan Mitchell would sure love to do that for the team that did not trade for him. That will be terrifying if we get there, but that is part of my cap. That's why I'm on the Knicks. I think it's going to be my most, my, my favorite series to watch though. Knicks, by the way, not great at home this season, either against the spread or straight up. Not a lot of home court advantage there for them. Move on to Grizz Lakers. Uh, this money, the money has come in on Memphis in this series. This is much closer on Tuesday night when the Lakers won the playing game versus the Wolves to lock it. Grizzlies now minus 136 on the series line, uh, plus 116 for the Lakers to win straight up. The series spread in this one. Grizzlies minus one and a half is plus 172. Lakers plus one and a half is minus 215. Tells you a lot about where this market is at. Uh, Brandon, what's your best bet for Grizz Lakers? This is the one series of everything we got that I'm just taking a team, taking a side. Just give me the Lakers. Lakers plus 116. Give me Los Angeles. You're going to hear this a lot here. I don't think that we can put as much stock anymore to the season-long profiles of these teams. Regular season is long. We are playing long regular seasons, and teams are changing up a lot. They're resting guys. And in the Lakers' case, they got a complete makeover in the middle of the year. They brought in Jared Vanderbilt. They brought in D'Angelo Russell, Malik Beasley. They totally changed the roster. By the way, addition by subtraction on Russell Westbrook and a few guys. Since they brought those guys, February 11th forward, L.A., plus four and a half net rating, sixth best in the NBA. They're second in defensive rating. They're first in defensive effective field goal percentage. The effectively are the Grizzlies. If you take the Grizzlies, the entire season profile, that is almost exactly what the Lakers have been since February 11th. The difference is that the Lakers have a man named LeBron James and a second one named Anthony Davis. So I think the Lakers are peaking right now. The Grizzlies are going the other direction. The Grizzlies have no Steven Adams. That's bad. They have no Brandon Clark. That's worse when you're missing both of them. They, since March 3rd, when those guys have both been out, dropped from a top five offensive rebounding team to a bottom of five offensive rebounding team. They dropped from second in defensive EFG to 16th league average. So I think these are teams moving in opposite directions. The Lakers did not look the part the other night but they are peaking as a team compared to what they've been. They've been top 10 rebounding since the trade. We, they're going to get to the line all series long. 
I think this is the absolute right matchup for LA and not the one the Grizzlies wanted. Give me the Lakers. I'm with you. Uh, I like the Lakers in the series plus 116. The Brandon Clark thing cannot be overstated. It just cannot be be built enough. The best lineup for the Grizzlies from a playoff perspective is to go to Brandon Clark, switch all small ball. It provides good spacing. It allows them to still maintain uh, a domination on the glass. We saw that last year versus the Wolves. The Grizzlies can beat you. It, they can make up for some of their half-court deficiencies with just hustle. Can't do that without Brandon. Now, Luke Kennard's changed the profile a bit for the Grizzlies, which is one of the reasons why like, I'm softening a little bit on this, but mm. I still like the Lakers enough. The Grizzlies' half-court offense jumped considerably after they got Luke Kennard. They went to top 10. Luke Kennard threes is going to be a, a huge factor in this series. Can like Luke Kennard consistently buoy that offense? If the if if Taylor Jenkins approaches this as it depends on what the identity of, of Memphis is. Okay. Yeah. If Memphis goes in there and says, look, guys, we lost Brandon Clark, we lost Steven Adams, Jaron's probably gonna be in foul trouble. Like we're gonna have to beat this team with offense. They can win because you can just outperform the Lakers from three-point range. The Grizzlies are really inconsistent in this factor. Like they just are very inconsistent. It was funny. I mentioned on the on Twitter, I was like, the two most important for the series on the Memphis side are Desmond Bain and Luke Kennard. And everybody's like, it's Jaw. Thanks. I'm like, no, Jaw's gonna do what Jaw does. Like Jaw's gonna have some games where he's amazing and awesome, and he puts up like 35 and eight assists. And he's gonna have some games where he really struggles and he can't finish at the rim because he doesn't have a reliable pull-up jumper, and it's gonna be pretty tough for him. Like it's going to be all, there will be good games and bad games from the job, but you can count on jaws like production to a certain floor. Bane and Kennard are just going to have to hit threes. I'll be on the lookout for, for, I will say this. I like the Lakers plus plus one sixteen because I gave them a plus number. If the Grizzlies had popped as a plus number, I would have bet Memphis. I do think that the series goes long. I really like the series over number of games. That to me is like a really good bet too, is to take the over at five and a half or six and a half. Or if you want to go the other way, just bet both sides for this to go in seven. Um, it's the same number, but like that to me is like the best angle possible because the way you feel about the, the Knicks Cavs series going long, I don't think that this series is it's neither team has enough adjustments for them to get the edge and really twist the knife on the other. Mm -hmm. This is going to be a battle game by game. It's going to be more about performance than it is about adjustments. I think as the series goes on. Yeah, that's interesting. I, I think if I try to make the case in my head for the Grizzlies, I actually feel like it's a shorter series. If it's Memphis, like they're just too fast, too athletic, too deep. And they just kind of run the Lakers off and LeBron is not healthy. And Anthony Davis picks up a hangnail and we just kind of end things quickly. That's how it goes in my head, but I also don't think that's happening. I'm on the Lakers. The one thing I will say, I'm not fully on the Lakers just yet because I like the Lakers or I like the Grizzlies a lot in game one. We've talked about that on buckets. LeBron is three and 14 straight up in road game ones in the playoffs for his career. So I like the Lakers here, but let's do the math. If the Grizzlies go up game one and are up one Oh, we're going to get a better number on the Lakers later. So I will buy the price now but I probably will do like a half unit and then look to add more at what should be a better number. If that's true. I just think LeBron kind of solves some of the gimmicks of this team. One more number for you here, some net ratings, LeBron and Anthony Davis this season, when they're on the court together, plus five and a half from pivot analysis, when you add in either Austin Reeves or Jared Vanderbilt. And I know you're thinking, well, who, who cares? It's just LeBron. It's just Davis. Those are the stars. Reeves and Vanderbilt are the guys that unlock this team. They're the glue guys that do all the other stuff. Add either one of them, and we go LeBron, Davis, and one of them. 
plus 20 net rating. Add them both, plus 25.8. So every 100 possessions, we're up 26 points. Every four possessions, the Lakers with those four guys are gaining a point on you. Every four times up and down the court. It's not a huge number, but I think the Lakers have found some things and actually have a real chance here. All right, let's move on to Kings Warriors, the three six in the Western Conference. The Warriors, a favorite, a favorite. How insulting to the beam as the uh, Golden State Warriors are favorites in this series versus the three seed Sacramento Kings. Warriors, obviously one of the worst teams that we've ever had in the playoffs on the road. That's we've never really had a team, at least since I've been covering the league, that's been this bad on the road in the playoffs. Warriors minus two eighty on the series. Uh, line Kings plus 230 series spread Warriors minus one and a half is minus 150 so to win in six or fewer Kings plus one and a half at plus 122 what's your best bet for Kings Warriors so I'm gonna get a little creative with this one I'm gonna stay away from all of those I'm gonna do a what's the series look like after three give me Warriors to have a two to one series lead we're at plus 120 on that one so I like the Warriors early in the series that has been a very good position to be on for this entire run of titles, dynasty, whatever we want to call it. The Warriors early in the series, you and I have talked about this a lot. Defenses don't know what to do. It just takes a while to catch up and figure this out. And I know they're in the division. They've played plenty of times. Mike Brown knows what's coming with Golden State, but it's one thing to know. It's another thing to actually have to play against it. The warring motion, the cuts, the back cuts, the, 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 the Steph, moving and then suddenly the shot he's still going and the shots are just all of it all there's nothing like you know when you're watching you know that the warriors are different than everything else and it just takes some time game ones starting that title year warriors are 21 and three straight up in game ones so for all the hype and all the light the beam and all the king's stuff i think that the warriors are going to go in and steal one of these games in sacramento I don't, uh, is it, is it stealing when you're the favorite? Maybe just <laughs> taking it. I, I don't know. So I, I like the Warriors early. Warriors are going to win the series with twos. If they win, it's going to be because of the twos. The Kings defense allows the fourth most two pointers in the league at a bad percentage for them. The Warriors lead the league in assists. The Kings give up the third most assists. I think all that movement, all that motion, we're going to focus on all the threes, both sides, lots of threes and all the shot variants, but the Warriors are going to get a lot of easy stuff. Twos are easy points if you get cuts and layups at the rim. In the Kings games this season, four times against the Warriors, Golden State made 59% of their twos. That is 1.19 point per possession. That's a layup line. And that is going to go very well for the Warriors. I like the 2-1 series lead. I think they get up early. I have a weird feeling overall about the series, so I'm not going to play the whole series odds. I'm just going to take the plus 120 and get the early series lead and then maybe jump in again from there. I'm more bold on this than you are. I'm a little bit, uh, I'm more confident. I like, I went into the series expecting to want to play Kings. I was like, the market's undervalued. And the market is undervaluing Sacramento. Like the Kings are too big of dogs on the series baseline to win the series. When I did the work on it, I think there's value on the Warriors to win this series convincingly. I don't think that there's value on the Warriors to win the series at the number that they're at. I think there's value on the Warriors to win the series convincingly. So that's what I'm going to bet. I'm taking the minus one and a half at the minus 150. I'm playing an alternate minus two and a half on the alternate spread score. Um, That number is actually plus 198. 
So you see like how the market is shaping this, which is we think the Warriors win. We think they win. We strongly feel that they win in six. Like that's what the market mm -hmm. at FanDuel is saying is we feel very confident in Golden State winning and we feel very confident in them winning in less than seven games. It's not going to go seven. We like them to win in six. But when you go any further from that, that's when they're like, we don't think that that's the, the books are very strongly telling you that they don't believe that the Kings, they think that, that the Warriors will let them win at least two games, right? That's what they're yeah. saying. I don't think so. Season series, Steph dominated this matchup, plus 15 in a net rating. Demonis Sabonis was a minus 17 when he was on the floor. Uh, the splits for when, when Steph and Delmas were on the floor together, you could probably expect they're very, 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 very bad. Um, you have a, a player like that, and this is actually a shift from who Golden State was back in like 15-16. 15-16, Steph wouldn't necessarily pick on those matchups. He didn't do that as much. They just ran their stuff because the Warriors were strength in numbers, and they really believed in the system. This team in particular is a little bit more, yeah, no, we'll pick on you. Like they did that last year where they were just like, we're going to run Steph pick and roll at you over and over and over again. They will do that versus the Kings and they, the Kings will lose those minutes and the Warriors will play heavier minutes. The Warriors are, starters are going to have to play heavier minutes. It's one of the reasons why I'll tell you I'm off of Warriors futures is I think that they're going to be exhausted by the time that this run is mm. over, but I do think they're going to take care of business here. I don't see any way, not, I don't see any way. I think it's very likely that Golden State shows up. The defense is way better. We looked, we talked about this on the Buckets pod. The starting lineup, their road defensive numbers are really good. A lot of the numbers are just based off of the bench. They won't play as much. The starters will play more. The Warriors will win. The Warriors will win in five, I think. So I'm going to take the minus two and a half. I'll take the minus one and a half as a hedge just in case I'm wrong. But I do believe that the Warriors are going to win the sort the series in definitely less than seven. I'm backing what the number like. I'm basically betting into what the market is telling us that they believe. I'll lay the minus one fifty, but I'll also take uh, the minus two and a half at plus one ninety eight. Thoughts? Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of warning signs here for the Kings. We talked on buckets about the starters versus the bench. The Kings are a team that put up big bench numbers during the year, but we get shorter rotations in the playoffs. Kings were maybe the healthiest team among all these playoff teams. So that's a maxed out profile that tells us maybe like, well, oh, but they're the three seed. The Kings are the three seed. How are they not getting more credit? Well, the three seed is pretty weak this year. The, the Sixers are the three seeds. Anyone think the Kings are the Sixers? No, nobody thinks that. So don't pretend like three seed means a thing. This is a weak three seed and a weak conference and probably got boosted by the healthy team and the, the record against sub 500 teams. Again, I think the Kings to stay around in the series the Warriors offense, when they actually get a shot up, is even better than the Kings. And the Kings, by the way, are the number one offense. So that's pretty good, better than number one. The Kings have to win on rebounding, win on turnovers. That's the way that they stay in this. I think they can. I think they can get those edges. We've seen the Warriors be very prone to making them those mistakes. So I see the red flags. I, I just, I'm trusting my gut on this one that, that feels something a little off here. I just feel like we're going to get some some wild, wonky games, and I think it's a longer series because of that. But I see your case. I think it's definitely possible that we just get a quick exit here for the Kings. Let's go to Suns Clippers. What's your best bet for Suns Clippers? <laughs> so I'll keep this very easy. My best bet for Suns Clippers is don't. Don't bet. Don't bet the Suns. Don't bet the Clippers. Don't bet game one. Ooh. Don't bet the series. Don't Ooh. bet title futures. And look. Don't bet is not a cop-out. Don't bet sometimes is the right bet. 
I think we know way less about either one of these teams than we will admit to ourselves. Kevin Durant has played 6.8% of Phoenix's minutes for the season. Kevin Durant is 18th on the Suns in minutes for the season. We don't know anything about the Suns. Somehow Kawhi Leonard is in a series where we feel like we know more about his team than the other team. Mr. Hypothetical. I don't think we know. Does Kawhi Leonard finals MVP? Is that still there? I don't know. Is Kevin Durant God mode still there? Is he rested and ready to go? I don't know. Is PG going to play? I don't know. Can the Suns defend against real teams? I don't know. We haven't seen any of that stuff yet. Sometimes the right bet can be to watch. It's a long playoffs, man. We got two months. One of these teams, whoever comes up, is going to be very dangerous. So we're going to look at title odds and futures odds and everything. I have a lot to learn. I can't wait to watch. We finally get Durant versus Kawhi, which never happens. I want to watch. I'm going to learn. I'm not going to bet it. Coward. Um, <laughs> my best bet's over five and a half games played. Find that in the market. It's actually minus 110. So you can get even money for this to go six games either way. Uh, I lean Clippers plus two and a half, which is you have to lay some juice on it. Uh, that number at FanDuel Sportsbook plus two and a half is minus 132. I'd rather just play the 110 because I don't think the the Clippers plus two and a half factors in like, well, what if the Clippers win in four or five? And to me, I'm like, no, that's that's not happening. The Clippers are not going gentlemen sweep the Phoenix Suns who are undefeated with Kevin Durant. I don't believe that this market accurately is describing the Clippers. This is a good matchup for them. If they had Paul George, I would be betting the Clippers straight up. If they had, if Paul George, if Paul George gets announced in and if they make a surprise, surprise, Paul George is back for game four. If it's not three Oh sons, I will be on, I'll be betting uh, the Los Angeles Clippers to win the series. The Clippers have a lot more options. This is the, the base of it. You got book and you got CP three and you got Durant and usually the better team wins the series. So I think the Suns win the series because they have those three and they're going to win the series because Paul George is out. All of the matchup stuff goes to the Clippers. The Clippers can switch. The Suns can't. They don't have that versatility anymore. They got rid of uh, their ability to go small. They can't do that. It's going to be Bismack Biombo and DeAndre Aiden on the floor all the time. Um, if that's a problem, if Aiden is dominating that matchup, the Clippers do have the ability to go big. They have Mason Plumley, and if he's a Zubac, I like both of those guys in the matchup versus Aiden. I'm not worried about Aiden. Uh, they can switch on the perimeter one through four. They can navigate all of this. They have long defenders to bother guys like Chris Paul. Devin Booker and Kevin Durant are going to get theirs, but it's going to come down to those other guys. Josh Okogie, Torrey Craig, Landry Shamit, Damian Lee, who shot the lights out this year, by the way. I'll be looking for Damian Lee three-point props. Um, all those guys are going to have to be the ones that carry them. The Clippers are going to shoot more threes. They've got the math advantage because the Suns shoot almost none. They're mid-range shooters. They're elite mid-range shooters, but they're mid-range shooters. So like matchup-wise, I have to take the, the number of – what I learned last year with Wolves-Grizzlies – was if you have a huge matchup advantage that you see on paper, but you know the other team is better, don't bet that the, the underdog to win. Just bet mm. them to hang. So plus two and a half, I think, has good value at FanDuel Sportsbook, but I like even better over five and a half games, minus 110, save the extra 30 cents. That may that allows for a 4-2 Suns win. That feels about right to me. I'll take over five and a half games, minus 110. I, I like it. I, I'm just going to ask one question and I don't have an answer to this, so it's okay if you don't. My answer is I'm, I'm going to wait and see. As a better, what is your preferred outcome for this series? Not, not Obviously, you want your bet to win, 
but looking ahead to the next two months, because one of these teams is going to be a factor. We're going to probably play the Nuggets next. What, what do you want to bet on regarding one of these teams? Who do you want to come out of this so that you can bet something else later? I have a very, very, very big number on the Nuggets to win the title from very, very, very early in the preseason. I have a very, very, very big number on the Suns that I got right after the finals. So that side of the bracket, I'm honestly fine on. I want the Suns to win because I get like, I think whoever wins this, you know, whoever wins second round is probably, I think, winning the Western Conference. Um, There are other numbers I've taken because you know me, I'm always going to have a million positions. (laughs) But to me, uh, I I don't want to have it be if Suns go out, that's a bad outcome for me because I have a a big allotment from the last month of Suns Celtics finals matchup. So that's my. Okay. I'll I'll give an answer. Actually, I, I think that I prefer that Phoenix wins because I don't believe yet in this team as a championship team. I'm skeptical of the defense in particular. I'm skeptical of the health holding up, but everybody believes the market believes in Phoenix. So I think that I want Phoenix to go ahead and win the series. The longer they stick around, the better prices I have to get on the other teams I actually want to bet on. So I think that's the better outcome for me. All right. We're going to hit one other series that you're making a bet on. You got 60 seconds. What's another bet you're making a bet on in the playoffs? My favorite series bet of the first round. Give me the Celtics minus two and a half. You got to lay a little bit of juice, but what a hater. I, I just, it's going to be a quick series. The Celtics are the best team in the field. I think they're the deepest team. They're well-rounded. They can win an offense. They win a defense. They got six or seven guys that can win any night. The Hawks are going to get killed with math. They take a ton of twos. The Celtics are great at two point defense. They're not efficient offense or defense. Boston ranks near the top of the league in those things. Atlanta is dead last in three-point attempt rate. Boston is top five in attempts and percentage. They're going to win with threes. Three is greater than two. Boston scored with a 129 offensive rating in the two games that were meaningful between these teams this year. So I think this is a walkover. I also am not just going to play the minus two and a half. That means Celtics in five or less. I'm going to give Quinn Snyder and Atlanta possibly a game, but I'm going to play the Celtics sweep too. I'll play a little bit of the plus 280 for the sweep. If we get Boston up 2-0, which I'm certainly counting on with this bet, we go to Atlanta and get the third game with all the stuff Atlanta's gone through this year, the Trey Young rumors already starting up. I think we're a one, two, three Cancun in a hurry. So I would take the sweep as well, but I expect Boston to make quick work of the Hawks. I don't know any avenue where Atlanta wins two games in this series. Give me Boston minus two and a half. We don't have numbers for this yet. We're recording this on Thursday afternoon and uh, the playing games are Friday night. Whoever wins the East one uh, eight seed playing game between the heat and the bulls. Uh, I'll be, I'll bet bucks sweep. I'm, I'm going to have to lay juice on it and I'm fine on that. They can't give me, they probably won't give me a, a deep number on it, but I'm, I'm going to lay it because I don't think either of these teams are even in the stratosphere of Milwaukee. Don't love Milwaukee long-term right now i'm very much in on the celtics right now but uh i do think milwaukee milwaukee i think is the team that's going to sweep i have more confidence in them than boston okay we've got one conference or title picks we're talking about futures now what's your best bet for a conference or title pick i'm going to take the east i'm going to take the whole east give me the eastern conference to win the title to minus 130 now this is a very anti-brandon pick i usually love my long shots here don't worry i got one more for you before we get out of here but i wrote about parody on action network i've got a couple articles up what do we do when we look at the west and say what in the world there are all these d 
decent middling teams. There's no elite team out here. What happens? Who comes out of the West? I don't really know, to be honest. I don't think you know. I don't think anyone knows. History says that the seeding usually holds up. So usually it's these teams at the top, even if they're weaker top seeds. But history overwhelmingly says whoever it is, it doesn't matter. Whoever comes out, they lose in the finals to the team from the better conference. That's the whole point. The best three teams in the NBA, I think, are all in the East right now. Celtics box clearly one and two for me. Even with my Sixers hate, Matt, I still think they're probably the third best team. They're just third best in their own conference too. Any of those three teams, one of them is going to be in the finals and they will have home court advantage. That means game one at home. That means that I'm going to have a longer odds if I wait and bet the finals, whoever it is, I'm not getting a minus 130 then. I'm going to get something longer than minus 130. So just give me a blind right now. Whoever the finals is, I'll take the Celtics, the Bucks, or the Sixers because I'm not getting a minus 130 later. They're the teams I like. The West teams are flawed. They've got a longer, harder path ahead. All these first round matchups, we think these three East teams might sweep or get close in the first round. Keep it easy. I'll add later. I like Celtics. I like Bucks. I'll do a fancy escalator approach thing like you know I do, but just give me the East. I think the East wins the finals. That's what history says happens here. Uh, I like Celtics to beat Suns finals matchup exact outcome. That gets you plus 1,400. Uh, that's a longer shot. Look, the Suns haven't lost with Kevin Durant. They're the best team in the conference. They're priced appropriately as the favorite. I have questions about Denver's floor. I think Denver can win that matchup with Phoenix. I think they can win. I don't know if they will. Phoenix has to be favored. I like Phoenix to to beat whoever they're going to face in a conference finals, even if it's Golden State, because I think Golden State's going to be tired. Um, Boston, I really like this lay for them. The Sixers have never been able to beat them. I really think that this this Celtics team is is by margin better than everyone else in the East. I think there's actually this idea of it being very close. The more I've kind of looked at it, I really do think the Celtics are a significant step ahead. The numbers bear that out, that the Celtics are just better than everybody else. So I'm willing to go ahead, and and right now I'm getting my money in pre-flop with the best hand. I'm betting on aces here. I'm betting Suns, Celtics. I'm betting Celtics to beat the Suns at plus 1,400 because if I'm right and we get there, the Suns are going are to be the ones that are dogs. So I get I come back on the other side. Uh, Phoenix loses game one. I'll bet back on Phoenix at that point to hedge profit. Um I'm a profile better. You'll find it out if you listen to buckets. So I got a lot of options here, but right now, if you're looking to bet one thing and you're looking for a juicy number, that 1400 is a good one. Uh, before we get out of here, one final is your conference MVP pick. Excited to hear this from you. I have mine. Go ahead and lay it on me. What's your conference or finals MVP pick? All right. You wanted the long shot. I got to give my long shot bet here to wrap up. Matt, you'll never believe this, but everything is coming up. Lakers. Give me LeBron James. Plus 1,500 Western Conference Finals MVP. This is the dream Lakers draw. We have talked on buckets ad nauseum for weeks, for months. Who gets the weaker half of the bracket in the West? Who gets the dream draw? And then on top of it, the Grizzlies lost Steven Adams and lost Brandon Clark. We did the whole matchup thing. I love the matchup for the Lakers in that series. Then you get the Kings or the Warriors in the second round. Look, the Warriors are the champs, but this is not last year's team. Let's be real. And the Kings are the Kings. Kings, Lakers, we've seen that one a couple of times. The Suns are on the other half. The Nuggets are on the other half. Kawhi is on the other half of the bracket. This is the perfect outcome. The Lakers could not have drawn it up any better for themselves. It's a weak conference. Hey, 
have I ever seen a weak conference before where LeBron comes out and makes the finals? I've seen that like 700 times. This is what happens in the NBA, Matt. LeBron makes the finals. Everything's coming up Lakers. Here's why I have to bet this. The Lakers, depending on where you look, are priced around plus 700, plus 800 to win the West. LeBron's plus 1500 to be the MVP when that happens. I'm sorry, you're telling me that we're really going to give Anthony Davis MVP in the Western Conference Finals? There's a trophy for an MVP type thing, and we're not going to give it to LeBron, the team that just won? Get all the way out of here. LeBron is the MVP if the Lakers win. It's double the odds here. If the Lakers win the conference and make the finals, it has to be because LeBron has a better gear than we saw the other night. It has to be that. Give me LeBron, 15 to 1. Everything's coming up, Lakers. Let's go, LeBron. I bet Anthony Davis finals MVP of 4,200. That's not my best bet, but I'll just tell you. I think All it's right. entirely possible this is the passing the torch season. If the Lakers win, it's going to have to be – like, I'll just tell you this. If the Lakers win, it's because Anthony Davis finally reached the potential that everyone wanted him to have and he stayed healthy. Like, they're not winning if it's not. And if Davis is there, the only way they're winning is if he puts up these numbers. And Davis was the one getting MVP consideration when he had that stretch earlier this season. Like, Davis yes, is the one putting up those numbers. LeBron – this, it's an age thing with age you don't lose your fastball you lose your consistency lebron will have great games in the finals if they make it but he won't have as many davis will have more so to me davis is the better value because as much as voters want to reward him they know that like lebron's got him like lebron they don't need to reward lebron they don't have know. this he doesn't have a conference finals mvp we only have that for one year so like everything you said is right everything is absolutely right it's all very logical it's lebron throw the logic out the window lebron gets the trophy uh, my best bet is uh, Devin Booker finals MVP plus uh, yeah. 1900. Been wanting to bet this. Talked about it weeks ago. Uh, Booker's is going to get overshadowed until we actually get there. And it's going to be like book had 35 and eight, like his assist numbers skyrocketed in the games with KD because he's able to be playmaker and engine. He'll stagger with the second unit. He'll play more with the starters without KD, because they're actually having KD in that second unit right now. That may change. Booker is more of an engine than KD is. It's not that KD's not a good passer. I think he's really underrated in that respect, but Devin's better. Chris has taken a step back. Devin's taken a step up. He has leveled up. Booker is on that level. I've been skeptical of Devin Booker, but he's turned me, he started turning me around three years ago. And then it was like, well, he's this level. And I was like, well, okay, I'm going to back off. He's that level now. If the Suns win, I think you genuinely are going to see like, wow, Devin Booker was the most impactful guy in that series. You know, KD averaged 29, but Devin had that massive game six with 40 points and eight assists. And his assist numbers are better and he shot better from the field. Devin Booker plus 1900, I think is great value for a long shot finals MVP right now. If you want to hear more about the NBA playoffs, make sure to check out Buckets. Appreciate you guys listening to us. Make sure to check out all those things. Rate, review, and subscribe. The Action Network Podcast. And download the Action Network app for continuing coverage of the NBA playoffs. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you guys again next time. Till then, let's get buckets. Action Network reminds you, please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you care about has a gambling problem, help is available 24-7 at 1-800-GAMBLER.